High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Joining us on the line now, we have Professor Henny Stradham, who's a professor of international law at the University of Johannesburg and also holds the South African Research Chair in International Law. Professor, good afternoon to you. Thanks once again for joining us on the Afternoon Overdrive. Yeah, good afternoon and thank you. Oh, good to have you on board once again, Professor. So the basis of our discussion this afternoon, well, it's this interim verdict that was uh, handed down to Israel on Friday. I do have a few questions uh, from my listeners. Uh, I'll put that you in a short while but first of all if you can just summarize your take on the verdict on friday yeah i think the court uh, sort of approached the matter in a very reasonable and rational fashion uh, and i um, i predicted right from the beginning that south africa will not be successful mm-hmm. uh, with the the first uh, application um, to the effect that israel should stop his military campaign uh, and there are various reasons for that and I think the uh, the court sort of concentrated on on where the real need lies, mm-hmm. and that is to um, to prevent any further harm uh, to civilians um, and uh, to uh, concentrate on the on the uh, humanitarian aid that is urgently needed in order to um, not to subject the civilian population to further suffering uh, as far as basic amenities are concerned. Right. And uh, it's also interesting to to know that the court um, has, has steered clear from uh, from making uh, statements concerning genocide and so on. Uh, it stayed within uh, the requirements for um, for interim measures and concentrated on the plausibility uh, requirements. Uh, the prima facie evidence that needed to be provided and based eventually its findings uh, on those principles and requirements. Um, Professor, regarding the report that Israel has got to now uh, come up with uh, within a month's time, do you, do you not see, uh, do you think that Israel perhaps should at least uh, you know, like bring aboard United Nations representatives or, you know, uh, monitors to at least, you know, justify the report. Because if they're going to present the report on their own, does this uh, pose a risk that, you know, that it will not be believed? Yeah, you're making, uh, Mike, you're making an excellent point there. Um, because throughout uh, this military campaign, there's always been, you know, allegations uh, saying that uh, nothing of the evidence that... Uh, that Israel put forward could have been verified, especially concerning the tunnels and the use of civilian uh, objects for Hamas's uh, military campaign right. <clears throat> or attacks. Mm-hmm. So it's absolutely essential that what Israel brings uh, to the court in that report must be verified and verifiable. That will be in the interest of Israel and will take away the pressure that is on Israel at the moment mm-hmm. to, to, uh, to demonstrate that it's taking this seriously and that it is making an effort uh, to comply with the court's order. Professor, if I can just bring in a few questions uh, from my listeners. Uh, Jack is asking, he's asking Michael, what is the ICJ going to do if Hamas refuses to release the hostages as ordered, which Jack feels it seems likely? Well, if that happens, uh, you see, Hamas is not a party to this whole application. Okay, I just wanted to confirm that. Uh, and mm-hmm. it, yeah, and it cannot be because it's not a state party. So okay. um, um, there's actually nothing that uh, lies within the powers of the court to do that. 
Mm-hmm. I think that is then a matter for for the the countries around uh, Israel and, and Palestine uh, to you know, to sort of focus on on this uh, non-compliance by Hamas and see what they can do diplomatically to force okay. Hamas to comply. Sure, because that is then the only sort of mechanism that is available. Indeed. Jack, I hope that answers your question. I've got another question for you, Professor, from Anton. Anton is saying, on the interim verdict or documents, so was any mention made of South Africa not following legal procedures for case in first place, notification of dispute, etc.? And did the judges consider evidence not presented by counsel or their documents? You know, the, the dispute issue was, was fully dealt with by the court. And mm-hmm. the court found that, you know, found that there was... Uh, uh, South Africa made out a prima facie case that there was actually a dispute between the parties under the Genocide Convention. Right. And that, in, in that regard, the court followed the, the sort of usual wisdom that it applied in the other cases. Uh, so I think that matter has been cleared and there is a, a, you know, a good foundation for South Africa to bring the case on the basis of that dispute. Mm-hmm. As far as the evidence is concerned, um, after the oral presentations were made by the parties, um, the courts uh, specifically mentioned that the court may contact the teams again in order um, to, if, if it's needed, to uh, gather further or obtain further information. I do not know whether that has indeed taken place, but the court can do so in, in order to get more, uh, more evidence or corroboration for certain points. Right. And the court may also use what is in the public domain. Uh, so uh, it goes. It can go beyond what was presented, if there is evidence in the public domain that it can use. Indeed, Professor. Looking at, uh, we don't have much time to unpack an entire summary or the entire, uh, uh, you know, like case that uh, went down on Friday. But um, if we look at the sources, which uh, the, the the judges, well, the judge uh, referred to, in in terms of what they brought against Israel, what did you make of the credibility yeah. of those sources? Well, I think in terms of, uh, you see, the, the test here is not whether everything is, uh, uh, is plausible. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if some of the facts that South Africa provided constitute a pl- plausible case, the court is entitled to make an order for pl- uh, interim measures. And I think in that regard, South okay. Africa has made out a plausible case uh, in, in many of the instances with the evidence that they provided. Uh, concerning the the suffering the uh, civilians are subjected to uh, the scope of the destruction uh, the total lack of of, uh, amenities and what uh, threats they they suffer as a consequence of that and uh, and also the statements statements by israeli officials uh, which added to um, uh, the application that south africa brought indeed Uh, and the court with the court specifically said uh, you know, it's not saying that everything South Africa has, has provided um, can uh, is usable and can be used for that. But it was satisfied that sufficient evidence mm-hmm. was placed mm-hmm. before the court to make that assessment. Uh, Professor, we have run out of uh, just about run out of time, and thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Just to give us uh, your assessment of uh, what transpired on Friday in terms of the verdict, and uh, perhaps uh, I, I can uh, I can ima- well imagine we will be unpacking this issue further as this uh, as this case unfolds uh, going forward, uh, Professor. Sorry, I beg your pardon, Professor Henny Stradum, uh, Professor of International Law at the University of Johannesburg. 
also holds the South African Research Chair in International Law. As I've mentioned, let's keep this conversation going. What is your take of this verdict that transpired on Friday? 